I'm Pablo Morales Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes. So, all right. Now that we've dispensed with the bum flufferies, <laughs> we've, uh, we're talking about, um, well, what, are, what is it? They, it's been a hell of a week. We've got, <sighs> uh, you know, all this shit that's happened in Saudi Arabia with the... Uh, um, Washington Post uh, contributing journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Khashoggi, man, that's... Um, I feel so bad for that guy. I really and do his as well. Fiance and um, damn, she I just... was she was waiting for him outside of the of that consulate for several hours. <gasps> I did not. That's a detail I did not know. Yeah, yeah, I read that in the. Uh, the that New, is the most brutal thing. The New ever. York Times article. Yeah, it was. Um, that's fucking brutal. I yeah. mean, I can't imagine what she must be going through right now. Like, my my heart really goes out to her. I can't imagine what her what her and his family um, must be feeling, and how it's exacerbated by the uh, horrible comments and laissez faire attitude that our government has taken. Of course, yeah. Like, it, it, and this is just another day in. Um, you know, Trump land mm-hmm. where it's just like, you know, first he plays coy, you know, our president number 45 plays coy. And then he's just like, Oh, nobody knows what happened. This is the same thing that happened with justice Kavanaugh. And I'm just like, really, oh. really, really, really? That's, that's wow. how you're going to, wow. You're going to tr- tie this to, to that piece of shit that now we have as a fucking Supreme court justice anyway. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, and now he's just like well, something might have happened. <laughs> he might have died there. Uh, some rogue not, killers. Yeah, some rogue killers. There'll be consequences. Completely vague, very vague. As of now, as of this week when we're recording, it's very vague um, upon if there's going to be any action going to be taken by, um, you know, uh, by by our government. By our government. But yeah. even even with that vagueness, uh, Saudi Arabia fired back like, hey. If you fucking come at us with consequences, we'll come back at you yeah. with consequences. And meanwhile, it's come out that behind the scenes, there's some sort of $100 billion deal. Yes. Um, uh, weapons deal going on between the United States and Saudi Arabia. Which I, I, knew, I knew about it vaguely, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was solidified for me by none other than the 777 Club uh, ringleader, Pat Robertson. Oh yeah, you know like the, oh, is it the seven 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 club or the five hundred club? Whatever he, the, that fucking uh, evangelical con, evangelical con artist. Oh god, that um, guy. Yeah, he. Uh, it's a multi billion dollar deal, and he's just like, uh, maybe we should uh, focus on the multi billion dollar deal and like less on this uh, this crime, you know. And I was just like, ugh. Could you be any more trans? Like, yeah. The, tr- the the transparency with these people, like they're just bullshit inside and out. Yeah. Oh, the completely made out of bullshit. Yes. So, um, yeah, that was that was some really hard news and stuff. But uh, I definitely think that um, there was involvement with so- from Saudi Arabia in terms of having. Oh, of course. I mean, they had they have the the killers' faces like they were tra- contract killers that mm-hmm. they hired out. And they have, like, uh, I think it's the Turkish government has the video feed of those uh, killers audio. entering audio. the building. Oh, the video feed. Yeah, and there's audio. There's from, audio. From, Jesus yeah. Christ. 
Um, I hope that never comes out. Yeah, I know. I hope so. I I don't. I hope it doesn't come out either. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, this is this is <laughs> unfortunately the world that we're living in. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move over to another topic. Uh, what did you think about the whole Elizabeth Warren controversy with her? Uh, you know, I um. I understand why she may have felt compelled to prove that she had a Native American lineage, especially, right. especially as a white woman um, yeah. in the United States. It's like it's like everybody and their mother can claim to have Native American blood, and it's 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 such it's become such a weird trope. It's like oh, I can't be uh, racist or anything like that because this then the other. Not that there was any accusation of racism toward uh elizabeth warren but at the same time i felt like she jumped through some sort of hoop that she really shouldn't have well here's the thing is like my opinion on this Mm -hmm. whole thing is that she's entered she entered into a no-win situation from the Mm get-go now she's a smart lady and um but she's not perfect, and of course she's got blind spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that she grew up with this story being told to her that she's part Native American, mm-hmm. and she believed it. Um, and um, you know, once she like this is a woman that I think is smart enough to know that once she enters that political arena, that you know um, all that stuff about uh, about her being Cherokee will come to light. Mm-hmm. But I think that she believed it so much that it, it almost took on a kind of naive, like, just concept or, mm-hmm. you know, um, it just hung over her head. And entering into, like, what is now, I think, a 2020 candidacy for Elizabeth Warren, because that's what I think it means to me. You think it's she? Like, yeah, I, I think her taking the test is her trying to get ahead of that. Because her political advisors are just like, if you're going to run, you need to get on top of this. Mm-hmm. And this is a no-win situation. There is, n- like, uh, as soon as, like, way back when, when she tried to enter into Harvard, Harvard, right? Um, you know, or, you know, her Ivy League school um, saying that she was uh, part Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought from that moment she was in a she had already set a trap mm-hmm. which uh Donald Trump unfortunately took advantage of and now um there is no way for her to exit this area without making herself look bad. Well, didn't the test come back positive that she had for Native American but the native you know the Cherokee tribal like there was a there was a, a statement released by a Cherokee tribe saying that you know you can take as many tests as you want, but you want you that doesn't mean that you're actually Cherokee. Okay, I think I think that's more than fair, and I definitely side with um, the Cherokee statement on this on this side. It's like you know everybody wants to claim everybody wants to claim uh, what has uh, traditionally been marginalized as the other until it time it comes time to actually be that other but uh, th- there's a more eloquent way of saying that but no, i don't no, i don't have right. it i don't have it on my tongue <laughs> but um whether 
I guess the fact of the matter is that she she's presented this. She's gotten out ahead of it, and I don't think it'll be. I don't. I don't think it'll be an issue coming up. Only, oh, only, wow. only, only if she lets it become an issue. Like, here's the thing: we've got. <laughs> well, by the time we get to 2020, if I, I'm still knocking on wood um, that this presidency will end before then, but if not, um, there are going to be close to four years of just shit show that not only her but whoever else is running um against this asshole uh to pick from and to put under a microscope that something like a dna test is not going to really register on anybody's radar and and i and i only say this because and i don't mean to be like uh mr doom and gloom but i just read a story that um some of the analysts over at jp morgan have said you know they're their experts have gotten on this. They, you know, it's their job to monitor money as well as the economy and stuff like that. And they said that, you know, typically during Republican administrations, uh, the economy takes a tank. And we've seen it uh, with the Great uh, Depression um, from earlier in the 20th century, as well as the Great Recession right after uh, Bush Jr.'s administration. And it's just like all indicators from the Trump administration are pointing to another major recession probably within the next two years and it's not out of the realm of possibility where we could see it hit starting within the next year which not surprising not surprising because i i feel like with uh trump's you know constant uh uh tax cuts for the wealthy and um you know removing regulations that were put in place by obama you know as a part of the recovery of the recession that was brought up by the housing crisis. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, with all these things that are going, like basically the Trump's undoing of everything that Obama did to try to prevent another recession, um, I think we're headed for another bubble popping, you know? Yay. Yeah. (laughs) Woo! holy shit we're doomed and hey we also have you know um within 10 years of like or 10 or 12 years you know scientists are saying that the world is just going to become a giant oven and we're all going to die anyway so (laughs) at least we'll still get a few more avengers films in before then yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Hopefully, uh, but, but we're not there yet. We're we're almost. Oh, we're not, okay. We're not at that part of the show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're like trying to skip ahead. You're just like, come on, come on, come, come on, on. Let's get to the so Avengers. Just get to the yummy. <laughs> um, but you know, just to go back to Elizabeth Warren for a second, like, uh, like a lot of people are just like, you know, I, I've seen uh, a few people already like talk about like oh they're fucking done with elizabeth warren like you know uh because of this whole situation you know which she she unfortunately had to initiate just to get ahead of of any kind of thing that would you know ruin her chances of becoming president but Mm -hmm. if she does become the candidate there is there is no doubt in my mind that i'm going to put forth the vote and say yes i'm going to vote for elizabeth warren for president because if like 
and, and that's not me trying to be glib and say that the that the Cherokee Nation's um, emotions or, or feelings about this don't matter mm-hmm. in the political spectrum. It's just that um, I feel that our world is in trouble. Yeah. And we can't afford another loss to this monster that no. we have. No, we really can't. And can. if we have the we have the opportunity to elect uh, Elizabeth Warren like in 2020 we have there's i'm i'm i can only assume that she's going to take the higher ground and do she's going to try to repair the the unfortunate slander that she's done to the native american tribe Mm -hmm. you know and to native people in in general and uh, that hopefully that'll include like removing that horrible Keystone Pipeline. Oh my God! Um, and you know she's also talked about like the racism. She's protested against the racism that goes into our prison system. I mean, she's progressive. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a progressive candidate, and I like I can't ignore that if she's going up against a man that is not above calling a. a a sex worker, a horse face yeah. on his Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Like, w- like, what would you prefer? You know, yeah. Like, people have to just think big picture. It's like the Democratic Party has no one, like, right now in terms of like, you know, a shining superstar that can take on Trump. Hmm. You know, we have Bernie, but you know, there's still people that are unsure of Bernie. Like I, I and it, it's unfortunate, but uh, if push comes to shove, I will vote for Bernie over Warren. You know, it's it's tough. It's just tough. The people, the people who are unsure of Bernie, um, I think it's healthy for people to have uh, questions about the candidates that they're going to put in office. However, when it gets to the point, when it gets to the stage where it is anybody on the democratic side against our current administration you have to just sort of like you said look at the big picture like whatever flaws you see in a candidate going up look there will not there will never be any candidate that'll be perfect that will be perfect and that's something that we have to stop expecting because there there will never be a human being no matter how much we like the newest superstar on on the horizon when it comes down to the Democratic Party, you give it enough time, you're going to find something about them that you don't like. But you have to you have to start remembering that with the Democratic Party, at the very least, even though it doesn't always happen, we at least have this certain mechanism in, in place where we hold our candidates' feet to the fire. Right. It's like of we're course. not we don't just blindly agree and defend every horrible action or saying that that they have it's like no 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 we're 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 we expect you to do a job you may have your flaws and we're going to remind you that you have those flaws but we're going to work together to get through that and to get to a better tomorrow you just don't see that on the on the right it's like it is just nothing but an echo chamber no criticism no and it's it's becoming fascistic, you know. Oh, I think it's, I think it, we're fully there. Yeah. Well, it, it's there's 
there's a it, it flirts with a lot of fascism mm-hmm. like especially with like the you know there's this new report of uh, you know news report saying that the Republican party is thinking about co-opting the proud boys proud boys uh-huh. being these uh these group of violent and uh, you know white supremacist bigot dickheads that uh, just beat up counter protesters in New York the previous mm-hmm. week on the upper east side yeah outside of the uh, the metropolitan republican club yeah burn that club to the ground seriously i mean i oh and i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't want to end up on a watch list but seriously burn it to the ground just burn it yeah burn it so yes uh proud it, boys like where does that even come from what are they proud of? We're we pr- we have little dicks. We, we have, have little dicks. <laughs> <laughs> We're proud boys. We're the proud boys. Uh, go um, back to your clubhouse. <laughs> but like that's what I'm saying. It's like the the Republican Party is so single. Like the, the their strength comes from uh, the single mindedness. Mm-hmm. Like they're the party of not only the elites, but of this fear mongering. Like unstoppable train, right? Their their power only comes from the inaction of people on our side. Well, our our side is always bickering with each other. There's just like, what do we like? We can't have this person. No, no, no. They're not progressive enough, you know. And it's just like, like when push comes to shove, I'm not saying pick the lesser of two evils, but God, for God's sakes, we have to make up our goddamn minds, mm-hmm. or else we're gonna continue having a monster, and then we're all fucking doomed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. Yeah, well said. Well said. <laughs> you know that fucking guy who's the leader of uh, the Proud Boys? Oh, uh, Gavin McGinnis? Yeah. He started off his speech at the Metropolitan Republican Club with yellow face. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. He, he was protesting. Uh, he was mimicking. Hold on, I have it here. Mimicking the assassination of. Uh, hold on a second. I believe hold a on. Japanese leader. Yes. Uh, um, a Japanese socialist leader. Uh, Inajiro Asanuma. Mm-hmm. Asanuma, yeah. Yeah. Sorry if I'm butchering that name, but yeah, he started off that that whole tirade with a he with wore, yellow face. He wore glasses that had the um, the eye caricatures of uh, Asians, as as well as like some other stuff, and it was maybe speaking in like a weird accent, but yes, of course, it know. was, and and he was cheered by all of his supporters who were attending. I was just like, this, this is. In New York, nonetheless, right, in like, our fucking house, in our backyard, man. like this is this is white supremacy. Yes, you know? it is, and I can't help but to think like there, even though they're a small group, there have been there's a group that recently brought up a lawsuit to try and um, fight Harvard on their affirmative action program. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, I've heard about that too. And a, and a lot of the uh, the contingent in that group are Asian. Yes, no, and, I know, yeah. And it's just like, do you guys not understand that you are taking the side of white supremacy by supporting this lawsuit? Like, what do you think will happen if you are actually successful in getting affirmative action removed from the Harvard uh, entry criteria like you think that all the white people are just going to give you a high five and like go on it's like some of you might get that but they're laughing behind your back like as soon as they get the power in their hands you guys are going to get stripped from from the possibility of your positions 
getting into schools like that. And not to mention, you'll set a precedent. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, this is all power dynamics. This is all like, um, you know, uh, and, and of course, when, when both of us say white people, it's not, you know, we're not speaking of, of you, the, the white listener in particular. We're speaking of a certain type of. I'm talking uh, to white. you, Greg. <laughs> talking With about your mullet. The white patriarchy. Um. Grape juice. <laughs> or the grape drink. <laughs> Sorry. No, dude, I'm glad you're bringing in a little, you're bringing in the levity, which is good. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> heel, heel, heel. So uh, what was I talking about? Um, oh, power dynamics. Yeah, it's it's all because like, um, you know, uh, the white patriarchal establishment is just so threatened by the fact that, uh, you know, uh, the, the multicultural landscape is becoming multicultural who would have thought wow um so yeah and and, and this is all like rebellion you know that's why they're trying to suppress people's votes in georgia Mm -hmm. suppress native americans votes in uh, north dakota it's all it's all a game that they're trying to rig because they're trying they think that they're going to lose power despite the fact that they have all the power they have they have a great deal of power but you know what i have to say there, there has definitely been a shift in the last several decades. I mean, for a long time, marginalized folks had absolutely no voice. I mean, we're talking about, we recently came across, I think, almost the 100-year anniversary of the destruction of Black Wall Street, either, oh, okay. se- either 75 years or 100 years. And, you know, this was this that happened during a time where it, it wasn't just a mob that went in there and destroyed that town. It was, it was like sanctioned government action. Like there were police officers who stood by and just watched. Of course, and yeah. Just, and just made sure it happened. Now, these I'm, are the same type of cops that looked the other way when Heather Heyer died in fucking Charlottesville. Oh, for sure, for sure. That tradition continues. But like we, like we live in a time now where. I'm not saying that such a thing cannot happen, but if something like that were to happen, it would it would shake this country in a way that didn't shake it back then. One, because the visibility was just so much lower at that time. Of course, yeah. We didn't have internet or even 24-hour news or phone. Shit, phone, television. Yeah. Like it, yeah, exactly. it was just like you maybe heard you maybe heard it on whatever independent radio m- might have existed at the time that had like a 1-mile range, yeah. you know. Now it's like if that's something, something like that happened, it'll be all over the world before like the fires are put out. Right. You know, so this country does not have the stomach for something quite like that. But there's still so much fight left to do before true equity is achieved. So I feel like as horrible as things are now, it's um, like we said before taking a look at the bigger picture, realizing that there are people who sacrificed before us to make things just a little bit better, just to give us a little bit more of a voice and try to be inspired by that because like we can do so much because of them and because of where we are now. Right. Exactly. Um, 
Now you you were talking about visibility before, mm-hmm. um, uh, just in terms of like you know um, how we can get the word out and stuff. But like you know now the visibility is starting to show a little more ugliness that happens in like these United States. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking more about like, you know, um, like corner store, corner store, Carolyn. Uh. Um, and uh, what was it? The lady that followed uh, Darian tolls to his apartment. Like he was trying, he was just trying to get to his apartment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was just like, do you live here? Do you live here? Mm-hmm. You know, she she did an interview uh, after that, um, basically trying to paint herself as like a hero victim. It's yeah, like, she was just like, I was just trying, I was just going by condo code. The condo code said that if you don't know somebody, don't let them in. I'm pretty sure the condo code didn't say become building security, follow them up to their apartment. Like what? Like, first of all, I was just saying hi. Uh, I was just asking who he was. Like I, fuck you, dude. You, I ha- knew, <laughs> you knew exactly what you were doing. I have to wonder what goes through some of these uh, white women's minds sometimes. Like, do you think? Let's say theoretically speaking, he didn't belong in that building. Like, if you had followed him upstairs and he wasn't part of that building, he was nuts or something. What would have stopped him from dragging your ass? into like a stairwell and doing God knows what to you. Yeah. Like you're not invincible. You just had what, like your shih tzu there with you. Like there was nothing that you could, would have been able to do. Like all of a sudden she would have become like a martial artist and she's like fucking kicked his ass. Like what, like what, what chance would she have had? Like, of course, like her, like it must be pretty sweet to live in denial land. Um, you know, just because, uh, you know, like, I. Just knowing that, like, that she was, like, following this guy and harassing this guy. Like, she, like, if he was an intruder, she doesn't know what he's fucking capable of. Mm-hmm. And then what a, like, but that's, she wasn't thinking of that. Mm-hmm. We know that because she followed him. Yep. I mean. it's yep. uh, insane. Yeah, that's, it's insane. It's, and the denial level is ridiculous. It's, like, super saiyan level of, like. Like, fucking, she's, like, on a, you know, she goes ultra blonde and, like... She has Team USA level of mental gymnastics going on in her head. Do you know why? Because she was, she's technically still married to a black man, though they've been estranged for several years now. And he quickly, after that incident, took to Twitter and said, listen, we've been separated for a while. I don't know this good woman. <laughs> like, we're not together, all right? So I don't know these just, hoes. <laughs> just like, I'm just letting y'all know. Peace, you know? So just so she can't bust that whole, like, you know, oh, I'm married to a black woman. like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Karen, you know, it's like... It's a, Oh, our name is Hillary Thornton. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Karen to me. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So, geez, I think it's time that we... Um, switch gears. Yes, we switch gears to the uh, to the sweet, you know, refuge of pop culture. Yeah. yeah. So that means that I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And I'm Ernesto... Man- Fuck. Um, and I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time, yeah, dude. But that means together we are <laughs> robots, robots versus, versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs>
I nailed it. <laughs> you did it, dude. You I did, did it. I did it. I did it. I said I'd do it, and I did it. Venom sucked. <laughs> oh my god! You <laughs> jumped right into it. All right. Oh, there's no. There was no other way. You just had to rip off the bandaid. <laughs> oh shit! I saw that. I saw that movie yesterday, and I was like, "Geez, that sucked." I saw it for free, and I still want my money back. <laughs> what part is it that lost you? Uh, I think it was when the um, uh, when it said in association with Marvel, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "This feels oh, this wrong." Bad, yeah, this is a bad sign. This feels wrong. Usually, it's just the logo, and it's like in association. It's just like. It's almost like saying, like, we were in the lot right next to where a Marvel, mo- a real Marvel movie was being shot, you know? Yeah. But it was... <laughs> Down the block from Marvel. It was... Oof. That's what, what it should say. That's exactly what what they were doing. But I I don't... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that feeling. Uh, rough. Rough. One, the antagonist of the movie um i wasn't intimidated at elon, all elon musk elon indian elon musk yeah. yeah he i just couldn't not because you know he's indian there was just something about his face i'm just like dude you've never done a push-up in your life oh come on man. i don't believe i love that actor okay riz ahmed that's yeah. fine look you guys can go have a beer if you want but like <laughs> i just i didn't believe him like if i was one of his employees i'd be like what there better be like mid six figures on my paycheck in order to take your shit. Well, here's the thing is that I think that that's what they were in. Like they just wanted an Elon Musk analog. Mm. Like, you know, Elon Musk comes from like, I don't know where he's from, but he's not from the United States. Oh, right? he's got a accent or yeah. something. He's from over there. Yeah. He's from wherever. So, um, but I th- I think that's what they wanted to. I mean, th- they wanted to like uh, they wanted to use as a, an as an analog, um, because I guess they couldn't get the real Elon Musk. They're, they're just like, let's just hire an actor out of a hat. <laughs> and they came up with this really good actor, um, but he, he was just wrong for the role. Yeah. Um, and he did like I feel like everybody was doing their best. Tom Hardy really trying to work with the stuff that he was oh, working man. with like like the the material he was given we you could see you him could just, see it. yeah you could see him just being like i'm eddie brock i'm eddie brock you know <laughs> he's just like i gotta knock i could have been a contender <laughs> like this could be my i could be the wolverine of sony yeah. if i play my cards right oh god <laughs> don't even say that the wolverine of sony Sony, man, fucking motherfuck yeah. that no. studio. Yeah, seriously, they they need somebody. An adult needs to come and pull all this shit away from them because they're not. And I was amazed at them because that's, I I know you saw it for free, uh, but I saw it in a theater, and I and that's not me trying to brag, even though it sounds like fuck. I'm like, <laughs> I saw it in the theater. When did you're, you watch it for free? <laughs> you're a goddamn elitist. <laughs> so. Um, but the special effects looked bad. Yeah. They were bad. Like they were like, they didn't even match the eyelines. Like I felt like Tom Hardy was just like, 
who are you? And he's like, oh, man. but it's just like, it just <laughs> looks like a, like somebody took a sock puppet and was just like superimposed jelly over it. Oh, that's fucked and I was up. Like, oh man, this is rough. That's yeah, fucked up. And then what, what, like, what, what were, what was Sony thinking? They were just like, let's have this, um, completely oil slick black character <laughs> fight at night and uh you know fight a character that just looks like a big gray blur yeah well like that that other symbiote fight uh, could you tell that all the, every time they said symbiote it was adr because uh, uh they had a adr symbiote out uh, i i noticed that i was just like i think they might have heard the collective like uh from yeah. the from, the, from the fan base and they're just like wait a minute is this not how we say uh, uh, the word? You know, <laughs> it's my impression of a Sony executive. Yeah. But <laughs> it's accurate. There was there was only one part that like got a slight chuckle out of me, which was it was after he had climbed that really high tower and done whatever it is that I can't even remember the fucking movie at this point. It was only a few days ago I saw it, and after he was done with his business up there, there was still a hole from where he entered into that high tower. And you could hear the symbiote say, jump. And he, he took a look for a second, and then he like took the elevator down. And when the doors open again, you heard the symbiote say, pussy. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Uh, uh, good. Yeah. It, <laughs> that's it, you know. But, it, like, when Venom fought Riot, mm-hmm. the other symbiote, yeah. right? It just looked like... It just looked look like two boogers, just like it was just like two fucking boogers, like just. Uh, and I was like, "What? Who's who?" And at one point they merged, and I was like, "It's two boogers." Yeah. Boogers. <laughs> so if you want to see two boogers fighting yeah. on screen, we can highly two, recommend this. Two movie. really dirty boogers. Dirty boogers, as opposed to clean boogers, but you know. And then they just slapped a fucking horrible red wig on Woody Harrelson. I know you didn't see it, but they slapped a horrible red wig on Woody Harrelson. And they were just like, do it. (laughs) Be carnage. And then he's like, all right. You know? Um, And then it was like a nothing of a, of a, he didn't feel like there was no menace behind it. it. It just felt like Woody Harrelson just finished smoking a blunt and he was just like, I'm just chill, man. I got to say, though, I think that the casting of Woody Harrelson as Carnage, um, folks, in case you didn't see this and we recommend you don't, um, this is <laughs> this is the post credit scene. Yeah. Um, and I believe he's uh, in a jail cell. And at some point he says, when I get out, there's going to be there's Carnage. There's going to be, be carnage. carnage. And I feel like the casting of Woody Harrelson as Carnage um, Cletus Cassidy, is that, yeah, is that his that's, name? That's his name. Um, Cletus. Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> they borrowed him from The Simpsons. I know. That's awesome. Some, some folk will never eat his cock. <laughs> and then again, some, some folk like Cletus, the slack-jawed yokel. <laughs> My favorite part of that song is, some folks will never lose a toe. And then again, some, some folk like Cletus, the slack-jawed yokel. <laughs> We harmonize pretty good. Yeah, there we go. It's like, it's like <laughs> and scene. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. 
But um, but yeah, I, I do think that the casting was perfect. So I'm just hoping. The thing is, this Venom made a lot of money. Yeah, so I think there will definitely be a part two, and I'm happy for like Tom Hardy because I feel like he's he's a good talent. Hopefully, they'll get some good writers. Yeah, and or a different director. Somebody, something, yeah, you something's know. need to give. Or the mouse will swoop in and be like, it's ours now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, sorry. I think that <laughs> right on your shirt, dude. I yeah, know. Right on the galaxy. I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I really would That's like to. That's getting s- cut. <laughs> is, sorry. Is it? <laughs> is uh. it? You know, but I um, I really would like to see Marvel do that with with one of their properties one day, like take the cast from a movie that was so terrible. You finished there licking your fingers, <laughs> buddy. It's good. So, <laughs> like taking the cast from one of the terrible uh, comic book projects and working their Marvel Disney magic and with the same actors knocking it out of the park. Ooh. Like, if they did that with Venom, that'd be amazing because I would love to see a Venom Spider-Man showdown. Oh, and Tom yeah. Hardy is Eddie Brock. Yeah. But that being said, um, God damn that that movie just sucked. It, it, it sucked. Was, it's just bad. I did like the momentary uh, Lady Venom appearance. Yes, that was kind of oh, cool. That was cool. Like yeah. I was just like, uh, why wasn't there a symbiote for her? Yeah, like, seriously. Um, I mean, you know, the less said, the less I say about that, the better. Uh, you just stick to your robots, buddy. <laughs> all right, okay. okay all right. <laughs> Stick to my fucking what is it? solo with the, the 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 fucking robot from Solo. Yep, <laughs> with her robot hips. That's goddamn right. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, my wife doesn't hear this. She'd be like, "Oh, you. <sighs> ah, what are we gonna do with you?" She, she knows what she married into. I know she does. <laughs> yeah, um, redeeming qualities of the movie. Eh, I don't know. I like the first ten, fifteen minutes of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought that the fact that he had a neighbor that played the guitar was really cheesy. I was, I felt like it was from the nineties. It yes. was just like, oh my god, like what? Who, who? Yeah, yes, it does. Like a lot of criticism is just like this movie feels like it was pulled out from the 90s i'm just like yeah it does it, even the special effects look like that chase scene <laughs> oh my god tell me that oh, chase scene wasn't the, one of the worst things that you've ever seen committed to film it seemed that chase scene seems like what they would hand you on a video cd on your first day of like special effects film school yeah they're just like today we're gonna learn how to use a uh, M- maya rendering yeah. program to you know do this scene and you know they they give them the raw footage with the green screen and it's like all right animate you know know, when he was about to go over that big hill Mm -hmm. and i was i knew the the moment that that (laughs) the trip the the moment from the trailer was going to happen like where he like falls off the bike and then the the symbiote sucks the bike back towards him and then he he gets back on the bike and i was just like Oh no! Don't no no! Don't don't do it! Don't don't do it! Oh man! There was a cool moment where um he uh, 
he, you know, he wiped out on the bike and his legs were broken. And yeah. it looked like it was supposed to be really gory. And it wasn't. <laughs> I feel like they they added some kind of weird filter on it to not show any blood. Uh. And I I think that there were moments in this movie that were supposed to be rated R. Like, especially <laughs> because Venom eats people's heads off. Yeah. Yeah, and you you don't see it. There's this really odd cutaway, and it's it looks so bad. Anyway, we have to stop talking about this. We have to, we have much more things like that we gotta get to. Maybe there'll be an unrated cut. Who knows? Even so, yeah, it's I, that's not gonna like, save this yeah, movie. <laughs> there's, there's, it's not like the fucking like the DC uh, fans are like holding up for that Snyder cut. Like it'll be better. You just have to watch the Snyder cut. <laughs> it's like, no <laughs> <laughs> fucking garbage. Um, so, uh, you know, you, uh, like I was listening to the past episode and you were about to talk about Star Trek discovery. And like, I railroaded your whole shit. Really? Yeah. That's so unlike you. <laughs> So I wanted to give you the opportunity to actually talk about what you saw in the Star Trek Discovery. <clears throat> All right. Oh, jeez. It's Ernesto's time to shine. <sighs> dun, 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 you know what? I regret dun, doing this. Dun, 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 dun. Let's not do this. Anymore. God. <laughs> All right. So um, it was good. <laughs> all right. First of all, I was just so stoked to see like all the cast um outside of their um show makeup because uh, they all really do <laughs> look like the the different species that they play especially that really tall thin guy um but this coming season is essentially going to be um an exploration of uh, of like family relationships uh within star trek because we have the introduction of spock which is being played by um a new a new actor for this show. Uh, I'm not as good as Pablo here, like getting the names down. I should have prepped before the show, but that's all right. Eh, it's you know. Star Trek. It's like, no you know, you know what? <laughs> Don't make, you know what? Pause the show. No way. Pause the show. No, come on. All right. And then I told him, you better let that go. Or you're going to have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. All right. <clears throat> so, the panel for Star Trek Discovery was just awesome. Seeing uh, all the crew there, like um, Sinequa was just like bubbly with right. energy. She loves being on the show. She loves the people that she works with. And she's like super excited for the second season. So it was infectious. She was unbelievably cute. Okay. Like when she said, when she mentioned that she's married and her husband was in the audience, like I got a little, I got a little angry, you know, okay. all right. so, but I had to hold it back. Um, one of the, uh, I'm not going to, well, this show is always full of spoilers, so I guess I might have to ruin it a little. Or should I ruin it for you? Well, you're not even going to watch it. I'm not even going to watch it. You know, <laughs> I got a question. I got a question a lot of things. But um, uh, Wilson Cruz, who plays the ship's doctor, mm-hmm. um, he he meets he meets his end. Oh. Um at the end of the season in a way that 
is bothersome to me. I won't go into details because somehow I'm going to convince you to watch this. Okay, all right. You know, you're going to lose a bet or something. Okay, uh, yeah, I guess that, that, that'll totally happen. I'll hold something hostage. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he is still involved in season two. So okay. I'm very intrigued, um, especially with his uh, relationship dynamic with uh, Anthony Rapp, who plays uh, Lieutenant... Sorry, my vision is getting like... No, it's all right. Worse as I get older. But anyway. All I know is that Anthony Rapp was the guy that like buried Kevin Spacey's career six feet under. Ah, well, there you go. So With good reason. Major props, dude. Major props, dude. Uh, Doug Jones, who plays Saru, was just like super awesome. He's like, I actually want to hang out with him. He's like a super fun guy. Um, Well, he's a... I know Doug Jones from... Because he does a lot of creature work. He's... Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, in yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. That's right. He's, uh, yeah, he was eye hands. Yeah, he <laughs> he was eye hands, but he was also the the fawn. The, the, oh, the, yeah. me llamo fauna. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was also. I I want to say he was in the shape like Guillermo del Toro uses him for everything. Um, that dude is tall and lanky. Really? Like that. He's if if. You could give a daddy long legs human form. Really? It would be him. <laughs> like shit. he's just dude is just long, but So it, make with some of the spoilers, man. Some of the plot that happened in the in the in the, you know. All right, it happened at the con. All right. Well, first of all, this season has uh, a particular focus uh, in general like one of family and reconnection, but we have uh at the end of season 1, we are given a shot of the USS Enterprise, the original. Oh shit! Okay. Which is being helmed by Captain Pike, and Scott da- Bakula. No, 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 oh. no, not that. No, Scott. Ba- the Scott Bakula Enterprise takes place about a hundred years before this show. Okay. This show takes place like ten months before the original series. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Chris the Next Kirk- Generation series or the, the Kirk. Or- the original, the original Kirk, Kirk series, series. Gotcha. like 10 months before. So uh, Christopher Pike was the original captain of the Enterprise. You actually saw him in the pilot episode of the original series, which most people, unless you're a real Trek fan, did not see. Okay. But um, Wasn't it, he played by Bruce, Bruce Greenwood in the Star Trek movie? I don't think so. Didn't didn't uh, fucking Captain Kirk relieve Captain Pike? No. Okay. No, no, that's not now. Captain Pike um, in the original series, he was he was a captain of the Enterprise for a while, but then uh, because of casting or whatever, they switched it out with William Shatner, and he took the series uh, the rest of the way. And but they didn't completely like make the character disappear. He met. Um, he had a really terrible accident and was basically rendered a quadriplegic. Um, could, can't even really talk, but he ended up on a planet with a group of aliens who could use the power in their minds to just uh, give anybody the reality that they want. So he decided to stay on that planet because there he was completely mobile. He could walk, talk. Um, he had a love interest on the planet. So we found out that that's his ultimate fate. But before that accident happened, he had a Starfleet career, and this show um, is going to show some of that. And uh, Spock was his first officer before he was um, Captain Kirk's first officer. So what we also learn in season one is that Spock 
is uh, Sinequa's brother. Wow. They grew up together. Don't give me that fucking wow. Man. I will look at your smile. It makes me smile to see you. Smile. Anyway, I was saying <laughs> we learned that they are ad- they are adopted siblings. Um, Spock's father, Sarek, takes uh, takes her uh, takes your your favorite name in all of sci-fi, Michael Burnham, oh, uh, underneath his wing. And her and Spock grow up together, though there are a few years where they haven't seen each other. But in season two, they're reunited. So we get to see them uh, intermingle. Um, and some of the uh, snippets that they showed us from the panel. Oh, man, this is it's going to be so exciting. Definitely a lot of like ship to ship fighting and stuff like that. Um uh, and sort of like discovering like the interpersonal conflicts between them. Um, we also have Michelle Yeoh, who pe- who played. Damn, I don't want to ruin too much. Well, she was like, I I know you're. That's the only part of the show that I actually was like caring about because uh-huh. I was like, I love Michelle Yeoh from, like I've known Michelle Yeoh from like since I was you know a teen into my twenties because I saw. All her old movies, like, uh, she was in Super Cop. She was in Yes, Madam. Mm-hmm. She was in a bunch of martial arts movies that I fucking loved. And just as, and, you know, of course, she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which was one of, just one of the most yeah, amazing, it was like, roles and fight scenes. And her story is so amazing in that. But um, when I saw her on uh, Star Trek Discovery, I was just like, am I about to give a shit? <laughs> and then... Um, and then she died, and I was just like, oh, I guess I don't. And then I was just, stop watching. <laughs> but she comes back in a way. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the role is recurring even more so in season two. So you should tune in because she has a very fun role. Cool. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So, yeah, listeners, please tune into Star Trek season two, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. So we've got to wrap it up. Uh <laughs> We've got to wrap it up because it's, it, we're running a little long, and um, uh, we have. I wanted to talk about Aquaman and how uh, I don't give a shit, <laughs> and of course we wanted to talk about Batman's dick, but that's. We guess we're gonna have to save that for next episode. Well, I guess yeah. <laughs> You'll just have to come back, <laughs> listeners, to, to grab onto those snippets. Uh, one s- sucks, and the other one we're gonna talk about is dick. <laughs> it's bad dick. Um, so, uh, also, I want to make a, a issue a correction. Um, true, the Truth to Power show, hosted by our good friend BJ Ramanathan, is, uh, on Mondays at 8 a.m. Oh, okay. Uh, and I said 8 p.m., so, uh, yeah, please tune into that show. That show is awesome. Uh, and we love, uh, you know, all the shows here on Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> and, um, so from both of us here. I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. You you people out there, our listeners, should try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the week. <laughs>